Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Good morning. It's 8.30 on Friday, August 4th. I'm Desiree Frazier. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. On today's show, six law enforcement officers in Rankin County have pled guilty to torturing, sexually assaulting, and shooting two men, or rather shooting a man during a raid. Then getting drinking water to homes in rural areas can get expensive really expensive. We'll talk about that. Plus, Jackson officials try to make their 911 system more efficient. Hear what they're putting in place. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. Five former deputies from the Rankin County Sheriff's Office and one former police officer from the Richland Police Department have pleaded guilty to charges of torturing two black men. The officers are accused of attacking 32-year-old Michael Jenkins and 35-year-old Eddie Parker in Parker's home. In January, officers are reported to have beaten, tased, and sexually assaulted the men who were handcuffed for 90 minutes. But one officer went beyond that and shot several rounds into the air before placing his gun in Jenkins' mouth and pulling the trigger, leaving severe injuries. U.S. Attorney Darren LaMarca stood outside the U.S. District Courthouse in Jackson yesterday to announce the pleas. He thanked the numerous agencies who helped investigate this case. Their exhaustive and thorough investigation over these last six months has led these five former sheriff's deputies and a former city of Richland police officer to plead guilty to these various charges of civil rights violations as well as obstruction of justice. These defendants committed heinous acts of violence against handcuffed victims whom they terrorized under color of law. As reflected in the information unsealed today, these men sexually abused their victims, repeatedly tased them, tortured them, all under the authority of the badge which they disgraced. In their minds, the law and the Constitution be damned. To describe the actions taken by the former officers in detail, this next excerpt contains descriptions of sexual assault and violence. They became the criminals they swore to protect us from. But not only did they brazenly commit these acts, but after inflicting serious bodily injury by firing a shot through one of the victim's mouths, they left him lying in a pool of blood, gathered on the porch of the house to discuss how to cover it up. What indifference, what disregard for life. They then removed his handcuffs, removed a hard drive, that had been located in the house 
because of surveillance inside the house. They tried to burn clothes that these victims were wearing while they were tortured with liquids, alcohol, stun guns. When they couldn't burn those clothes, they just discarded them. They even went to the point of searching for shell casings. Having found one of the three shell casings, they discarded it in a field, never to be found. Even discussing the possibility of using a drop gun. A gun to plant so that they can claim justifiable shooting. Having decided against the drop gun, they took the BB pistol that they had used in their endeavors to sexually assault these victims and planted it by the victim who was shot, lying on the floor, bleeding. All of this done before calling for medical response. In a further attempt to cover this up, they actually used methamphetamine seized in another case to attribute it to what was found at this house and this location to send to the crime lab to say and use as justification for what they did. And then on top of that, let's just file false police reports as well. Among the agencies that work to investigate and prosecute the case are the State Attorney General's Office, the Mississippi Bureau of Investigation, and the FBI. Jamaica or Jamaica Fomby is special agent in charge at the FBI Jackson Field Office. First, my heart goes out to the victims of this. That's Mr. Jenkins and Mr. Parker. My heart also goes out to their families. And furthermore, my heart goes out to the community. These are very significant criminal actions that occurred. Deliberately committed to violate the law. And absent of what it means to be dutiful and a good steward of the powers entrusted upon them. And to label these acts anything less than horrific or appalling is a mislabeling. As a citizen, I watched these actions play out over the last 192 days. And as a citizen, those 192 days were disappointing to me because I did not expect this to be the actions that we would have subjected upon our citizens in the year 2023. Not this type of policing for our citizens, whether under the cover of darkness or in the light of day. This is not what we expect. This is not what we allow. However, I want to thank the victims and their families for having patience, along with the public, as this thing played out. Because as we wait to arrive to these moments of justice, it has been a difficult and long road. Like most of you in the public, I was appalled and flabbergasted by the remarks and the details of the things that happened to Mr. Jenkins and Mr. Parker as they described those things over and over again. However, in my professional capacity, I knew with certainty there was a significant work that was being done behind the scenes, and that arrived us where we are today, and that is to justice. Those results are the plea guilty or the guilty pleas that we got today. And for Mr. Parker and Mr. Jenkins, there's some justice. This is a tragedy against the citizens of Mississippi. It is a tragedy against the citizens of the U.S. However, we show that we're steadfast in committing to resolving these matters, to having credibility and integrity through the act of law enforcement. So thank you. Sentencing for the six defendants is scheduled for November. They also face state charges. Coming up, getting drinking water to rural homes is expensive. And this month's utility bill report. You'll hear more about that. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. 
What are the cool kids wearing nowadays? A bucket hat and fanny pack. I meant to say a belt bag. That's the 21st century name for it. You can get this MPB branded swag package by making a one-time $60 contribution. You'll also receive a year of PBS Passport to stream new and classic shows. A mix of current and classic. That's Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Make a contribution today at mpbonline.org. Get your MPB car tag anytime. It doesn't even have to be up for renewal. Simply go to your county office to sign up. When you get an MPB car tag, a portion of the fee helps MPB continue to educate, inform, and entertain Mississippians. For details, visit mpbonline.org slash car tag. We'll see you on the road. Classical, jazz, indie, blues, folk, bluegrass, whatever you call your music. Find it on MPB Music Radio on mpbonline.org or the MPB Public Media app or on an HD radio. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. The cost of tap water can change dramatically from state to state and city to city. One Alabama family ended up paying nearly three times more after moving just a few miles. From the Gulf States newsroom, Stephen Basaha brings us the latest utility bill of the month report. Sure, the move was just a 10-minute drive, but it was still the difference between city life in Gadsden, Alabama, and country life in a place locals call the mountain. You know, rolling countryside... A great sunset, got a bunch of wildlife. There's no other place I would want to go, and you know, rather than be in the country out here. Teacher Jason Clayton made the move here six years ago with his wife and son. But shortly after that, country paradise got interrupted by that water bill reality. And I saw the price, and I remember I thought, we got to have a leak somewhere. And you know, I turned everything off, checked the water meter, and we didn't have a leak. And that's when I found out, hey, it's just real expensive up here. Clayton went from paying 25 bucks a month for water to about 70 nearly three times as expensive. And here's the other thing. It's the exact same water. Gadsden sells its water to smaller utilities, and they sell it to customers like Clayton at a marked-up price. I don't think it's right we're having to pay two or three times as more than the city of Gadsden when I live there, and it's the same exact water. Now, water wells here aren't an option. The groundwater has so much iron, it's undrinkable. So that leaves buying water from Gadsden, a situation that's not that unusual. Mississippi has dozens of these middlemen utilities buying the water from somewhere else and delivering it. And in rural areas like the mountain, customers are further apart. So fewer people have to spend a lot more money to maintain all those miles of pipes. But that's just part of the reason behind the more expensive bills. Highland Water also has millions of dollars in debt. This place was in bad shape. Richard Farley is the general manager for Highland Water. He blames the old guard at the utility for mismanaging it before he was hired about 10 years ago. The water bill to gas hadn't been paid in three months. The power bill hadn't been paid in three months. Now, there's a big shortage of skilled water operators in the country, especially in rural areas, which can lead to problems like all that debt piling up. We tried but couldn't get in touch with the people running Highland Water before Farley. But a lot of customers blame Farley for the high bills. Some even accuse him of stealing. Farley, of course, denies that. He shows me the latest audit of the utility to prove otherwise. When I came here, there would always be this caption back there. 
strange and unusual transactions. Not a great thing to have in your books. Not a good thing to have in your books. That's not in our books. <laughs> and help check those books, I turn to Jason Barrett. That's 705. He's with Mississippi State's Water Resources Research Institute. And to his eyes, Highland Water's expenses seem to check out. No, no, no. I mean, that seems that seems on. Uh, nothing in that jumps out at me like that's outrageous. Including the price. Everything explaining it, the millions in debt, buying water from elsewhere, delivering water to remote spots, those are all the kind of problems lots of rural water providers deal with, according to Barrett. But just because the high bills can be explained doesn't mean they should be accepted. And this is one of those hard discussions that... Uh, it, that we, I'm going to say, we, I feel like we need to have, but a lot of people don't necessarily want to have. Everybody doesn't need to be in the, in the water business. What he means is a takeover of Highland Water by Gadsden. This has been the favorite solution from water experts for years. The country has thousands of tiny, often inefficient water systems, and merging a bunch of them with the bigger shops would likely make them better run. Now, Farley says he's talked with Gadsden about doing that, but like a lot of rural areas, they don't want to give up any of their power to a nearby city. The mountain here likes to keep its independence, and that's that's the first step. Be giving them the foothold into this area. Foothold. That's the foothold. Sure is. Farley says paying more is just part of the price of getting to live in this rolling countryside. Teacher Jason Clayton gets that. He just doesn't agree with how much more he's got to pay. You know, if they want to be, you know, one and a half times more, that's fine. Be in the same ballpark. Just don't be three times as much. He's also more open to the idea of Gadsden taking over the water and bringing that piece of his old city life to the mountain. For the Gulf Seats Newsroom, I'm Stephen Basaha. If you've received an unusually high utility bill, contact us at mpbonline.org. The Gulf States Newsroom is a partnership between Mississippi Public Broadcasting and public radio stations in Alabama and Louisiana. Coming up, Jackson officials try to make their 911 system more efficient. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. What are the cool kids wearing nowadays? A bucket hat and fanny pack. I meant to say a belt bag. That's the 21st century name for it. You can get this MPB branded swag package by making a one-time $60 contribution. You'll also receive a year of PBS Passport to stream new and classic shows. A mix of current and classic. That's Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Make a contribution today at mpbonline.org. This is MPB Think Radio. Mississippi is our mission. This is MPB Think Radio, Mississippi Public Broadcasting. This is Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio. I'm Desiree Frazier. The city of Jackson is reworking its 911 response system. Residents are frustrated over calls that go unanswered, technical difficulties, and slow response times. City leaders say they've struggled to fully staff their 911 call center in recent years. Now they're relying on temporary agency employees and police recruits to handle the high volume of calls. The center 
also switched from 12-hour shifts to 8-hour shifts recently to help address dispatcher burnout. Jackson Mayor Shokwe Antar Lamumba says he understands the frustrations residents feel. Chief Wade and I have met extensively over the last few weeks to talk about this issue. Uh, We've talked about, as I said, what the complications are, and we've seen some early wins. Our 911 dispatch center does have a workforce challenge. Uh, To be honest with you, this workforce challenge, being understaffed, has been a challenge for many, many years. Uh, And so we are working in order to improve that, Not only do we have workforce challenges in terms of getting people in the door, uh, dispatcher burnout is a complicated, uh, is a challenge that not only complicates the ability to sustain a workforce in Jackson, uh, but it's one that that creates that challenge in major cities all across the country. In fact, I went recently on a trip of mayors. The conversation about having peer counseling for dispatchers was a part of that conversation because it is such a a significant and frequent issue that communities deal with. The next thing we should be aware of is that Jackson's 911 dispatch office is the busiest by far in the state of Mississippi. Last year, our 911 dispatch took 600,000 calls for service. Each day, our call center is averaging about 1,700 calls a day, 1,700 calls a day. To give you some context, comparatively, Hines County answers about 250 calls per day. The city of Clinton answers approximately 250 calls a day. And the city of Byram has even fewer. Chief Wade has worked with our dispatchers to change their schedule Uh, to help better uh, staff each shift in a way that dispatchers themselves, we believe, appreciate. Mayor Lamumba says the city is also dealing with software issues. The dispatch center they recently acquired has come with technical problems or hurdles. We were forced to switch systems a while back because the one we were using was outdated. What I mean by outdated is that that software was no longer supported by its creator at that time. And so if we would have had a challenge in that moment, if something would have failed, there would have been no remedy for us to use because it was no longer supported. And so that is what forced us to go to a new system. And now that we have moved to a new system uh, and our software is being regularly updated, there are still add-ons or enhancements that are being placed in the system to make their job easier. You don't have uh, a group of individuals working in an office that are physically picking up a phone. You see that they have the headset on where the calls are automatically dropped into their ear. So they're not choosing to answer your call or not answer your call. They are actively working on calls at any, you know, at every given moment of the day. And when they're doing that, they're implementing, entering the, the data, entering the information. That is where the software is significant. Uh, so they need to know location. They need to know, you know, who's involved. They talked about weapon being a part of it. All of those fields need to be entered into the system so that they can close out that call and dispatch an officer. And until they're able to do that, they're not able to go to the next call. That is the significance of the challenge that we have had with software. Uh, 
is that some of the software that they've had to use after we moved away from the previous software was not as user-friendly, and we believe that we're moving to a more user-friendly software at this time. Jackson's interim police chief, Joseph Wade, says these 911 call issues have persisted for years. He hopes the changes being made will alleviate those problems. But what I've done during my assessment and with my team, Chief Hearn and Captain Outland, we've been creative and innovative on how we address that issue. We have went outside and entered into an agreement with a temp agency. We currently have 14 temps working in our 911 center, 14, to address this issue. Now, of course, we're going to recruit them to join us full time, and we're in the process of doing that. But these are people who have some type of clerical background, and they have accepted the challenge to come to our 911 center. So that's creative, and that's a quick fix. We've also assigned four police recruits to the 911 center, four police recruits. That brings our numbers to 47. So we're at 29, now we're 47 over there answering phones who are dealing with the massive amount of calls that come into our 911 center, as the mayor stated. We average 7,000 to 10,000 calls for service a week. That is not comparable to any local law enforcement agency in the state of Mississippi. That's comparable to Birmingham, Memphis, New Orleans, So we have to be honest about that. Now, as the mayor stated, too, we answered almost 600,000 calls for service last year. Almost 600,000. Those are calls that came into our center. Those are calls that required a law enforcement response. Currently this year, as of today, we have received 369,000 calls for service at our 911 center. And that's admin lines. And that is 911 lines, 369,000. Do we realize how much manpower and resources that we give to receiving these calls and deploying manpower to address these issues? Mayor Lamumba added some changes will continue to roll out in the coming weeks. He's asking residents to be patient. Also, when they call, share the most important details up front. That includes who, what, when and where of the incident. And so I am calling out to the residents or calling up to the residents to take on their portion of the responsibility. And what I mean by that is, if you have a call that is honestly not emergency related, right, that we ask that you don't tie up the 911 lines, right? Uh, and, and we can give an example in a moment. Uh, but, you know, when you tie up that line, And that means that that not only is that dispatcher uh, tied up, that someone else who's in need of, you know, life-saving care, someone else who's in need of intervention of an officer uh, is now holding on because of that. Uh, Now, we want to talk about how we better support those other types of calls, but clearly the 911 dispatch center is not the appropriate venue. Officials remind Mississippians there is a new 988 hotline for mental health crisis calls they can use. This has been Mississippi Edition on MPB Think Radio.